1: Good morning. This is the California Report, and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A last-minute agreement between healthcare giant Kaiser Permanente and its unionized workers has prevented a strike that was scheduled to start today. Had a walkout occurred, more than 30,000 Kaiser workers in California and other states would have been involved. KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports.
0: The unions have been bargaining with Kaiser for months over staffing shortages and proposed lower wages for future workers, known as a two-tier system, which union members vehemently opposed. Kaiser ultimately took that proposal off the table. Jane McAlevey is a senior policy fellow at the Institute on Labor and Employment Relations at UC Berkeley. She says Kaiser was in a weak position to negotiate since public sentiment is on the side of health workers during the pandemic. Any smart employer facing a in a healthcare context, if they care about patient outcomes, is not going to force their dedicated longtime staff out of that facility, and onto picket lines. The new agreement averts disruptions at 344 Kaiser facilities and hospitals across Southern California. Union members will now vote on the tentative agreement over the next few weeks. If it's approved, the agreement will last for four years. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles.
1: And early this morning, Kaiser says it reached a deal that averts a strike by its pharmacy workers in Northern California. The tentative agreement is a three-year contract that will include wage increases and no changes to workers' health care benefits. Pharmacies are expected to operate normally today. The health care giant is still negotiating, though, with union engineers who've been off the job for two months. Kaiser says that other unions that have issued strike notices for later this week in support of those workers have not canceled their walkouts at this time. The two sides have expressed optimism that a deal can be reached soon. And there's labor unrest on another front, higher education. Some 6,000 lecturers across the University of California system are planning to strike this week. KQED's Annalise Finney has more.
2: The union representing UC lecturers has been in contact negotiations with the UC for more than two years. They say the university system is refusing to negotiate issues like paid family leave and reimbursement for remote teaching expenses. Crystal Chang-Cohen is a lecturer at UC Berkeley and co-chair of the Bay Area Chapter of the Union.
3: There are a lot of us under this bargaining unit, and we do a lot of the teaching on campus, and we think they should bargain with us over these policies that should apply to us.
2: According to a report by Cal Matters, lecturers teach more than a third of undergraduate classes in the UC system. In a statement, the UC said the decision to strike is, quote, unfortunate. Negotiations are scheduled for early in the week. If those are unsuccessful, the strike is planned to begin Wednesday. For The California Report, I'm Annalise Finney in Oakland. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years?
1: Later today, President Biden will sign his administration's $1.2 trillion infrastructure package into law. California will get tens of billions of dollars in new federal spending, money that will be used to do everything from repair crumbling roads and bridges to building out new public transit and water systems. But as much dough as that is, and it's a lot, Californians will receive less per person in infrastructure dollars than residents of sparsely populated states. At a press conference, highlighting the infrastructure package, I talked about what it will mean for the state with David S. Kim, Secretary of California's State Transportation Agency.
4: It's a staggering sum of funding
1: that will transform our transportation system as we know it. Why do you say that? Because a lot of people will say it's a lot of money, but it's not nearly enough to remedy California's transportation and infrastructure challenges.
4: Well, there's never been uh, this level of investment ever before from the federal government. And not just funding, it's also policy because the bill, the infrastructure bill gets the policy right in terms of focusing on climate equity, goods movement, supply chain resiliency, uh, transit and rail, all of the things that we need to be doing to reduce carbon emissions and have a greener, more sustainable transportation system. When can California start seeing results? Shovels going into the ground and projects starting. I think in the very very near future. What does that Uh, mean? It could be sometime next year, uh, you know, less than a year, uh, because US Department of Transportation will embark on a series of, of uh, grant competitions where we, local agencies, and many others will be able to apply for funding. They're gonna get that money out the door sooner rather than later. We expect to do well in those competitions and that will help us accelerate and advance a series of projects and improvements here in
1: California. That, again, is David S. Kim, Secretary of California's State Transportation Agency. In related infrastructure news, while much of the focus has been on the massive backlog at the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, residents in nearby communities are also expressing major concerns about pollution from those cargo ships. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi says a new queuing system at the ports could help improve air quality.
5: Starting on Tuesday, ships will no longer be able to anchor near the ports. They'll instead be assigned a place in the arrival queue based on their departure time from their last port of call and have to wait for an available berth approximately 150 miles off the coast. Jim McKenna is president and CEO of the Pacific Maritime Association, one of the organizations that came up with the new plan.
4: The benefit of this new process is that vessels can slow steam and spread out across the Pacific rather than to crowd into a congested waters off Southern California while they wait a berth.
5: McKenna says right now many ships are speeding into the ports in an effort to unload their cargo, adding to air pollution in the area. And he says reducing emissions is not the only benefit of this new plan.
4: The ships are much bigger than they used to be, right? So even in the Anchorage area, as you get into the winter season where weather is you know, more difficult, so to speak, higher winds and the rest, You want to space these ships out so they don't get, you know, turned or twisted into one another. And as you push them further out to sea, the same applies. They
5: have better spacing. McKenna says he hopes this improves efficiency at the ports, but is not meant as a solution to the backlog problems. For the California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi.
1: The San Joaquin Valley ranks worst in the nation when it comes to particulate air pollution, and environmental organizations say the Environmental Protection Agency is failing to do something about it. As Valley Public Radio's Sarith Hawk reports, the groups have filed a lawsuit hoping to force the EPA to act.
3: The National Parks Conservation Association, Sierra Club, and Earth Justice are among the organizations accusing the EPA of violating the Clean Air Act. The act says that if state and local authorities fail to come up with a plan to reduce particle pollution, the EPA needs to take over at the federal level. Dr. Catherine Garupa-White with the Central Valley Air Quality Coalition says the San Joaquin Valley is the only part of California that has not met even the oldest 1997 standard for clean air. And 1997, is so long ago now that that We can't even say that it's a health protective standard anymore. Garupa White says continued inaction puts Central Valley residents more at risk of breathing in dangerous particulate matter, or PM 2.5. It's a very deadly pollutant, and it's unfortunately, actually, the season of it is extending and getting worse because of catastrophic climate-fueled wildfires. The next deadline to meet the 1997 standard has been pushed to December 2023. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno.
1: This evening, public comments will close on proposed new regulations requiring passenger sport fishing and whale watching boats to upgrade to cleaner engines. As KRCB's Greta Mart reports, California's charter boat operators say the proposed new rules will jeopardize their livelihoods.
6: On a sunlit fall evening, the new sea angler pulls into Bodega Harbor. The 65-foot fishing boat belongs to Rick Powers, who's been taking clients off the Sonoma County coast for decades. Before they disembark, a group of veterans with a local nonprofit divvies up the spoil from their day on the water—rockfish, halibut, and salmon. Charter boat owners warn that day trips like these could be in jeopardy if plans by the California Air Resources Board, or CARB, go into effect. Under the changes, the state's commercial passenger fishing vessels and excursion boats will need to upgrade to what's known as Tier 4 engines. CARB staff say the amendments would further cut back on air pollution from the marine industry and protect disadvantaged communities who live near ports. But Powers, who is also the head of a sports fishing association, says the changes are completely infeasible for charter boat operators.
4: These are all family-owned businesses. All of our boats have been upgrading to low-emission engines over the years. We've been led to believe that we were following the right path, and now we are being asked to do something which is really financially unattainable for almost all of the boats that I'm aware of up and down the coast.
6: Chief of CARB's Freight Activity Branch, Bonnie Soriano, says air pollution regulations for the marine sector have lagged behind others. The
0: misunderstanding is that these emissions are offshore and so they don't impact residents. That is not accurate. We've done really robust health modeling that shows that
6: these emissions do impact those communities around the ports. She says CARB is targeting passenger boats rather than other fishing vessels because boat owners can recoup their costs by raising ticket prices for customers. Replacing an engine isn't as simple as it sounds. Tier 4 engines exist for trucks and other sectors, but as of yet, the technology is not really even available for boats of this size. That's what Cal Maritime found in a feasibility report commissioned by CARB. It's unclear, even if and when they do come on the marine market, the engines would fit in existing vessels. In such a case, CARB says owners would need to replace their boats entirely. The issue with sport fishing vessels is that the design of the vessels maximizes
0: passenger space, and so the engine rooms can be pretty small. And so while the engines and the diesel particulate filters exist, sometimes they don't exist in the size that fits into the existing footprint of the engine room.
6: She says CARB is working with manufacturers to find a solution to this problem. Meanwhile, Captain Merlin Kolb, who has a six-passenger catamaran in Bodega Bay, says he has no plans to comply with CARB's proposed new rules.
4: This regulation, as it's proposed, would absolutely decimate my business. CARB has said publicly that if motors are not available to be installed into your vessel, that we're supposed to sunset my vessel and buy a new one. And I'm not going to do that. That's going to move me out of California straight to Brookings, Oregon.
6: Until midnight tonight, CARB is accepting public comment electronically, which thousands of individuals and organizations have already submitted. The Air Resources Board is set to vote on the changes this Friday, and the commercial harbor craft industry is expected to show up in mass in opposition. For the California Report, I'm Greta Mart in Sonoma County.
1: And that is the California Report for Monday, November 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Paint Care now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together, on the web at schmidtfutures.com.